Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So wait, so how do you how do you actually get addicted to opioids? It's like, was it a party or is it like a pain medicine? Like well, I, I, needed it for, I, I needed it for physical pain, uh, more like sciatica. For real, I really do think this episode will will impact some lives, and I'm really excited to see. That's why we're here. See people talk That's about it. That. I mean, you motivate, inspire, impact lives. Yeah. Welcome to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly, along with our co-host today, Wayne Lewis. What up, what up? And our guest today, Darren Prince. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. <laughs> years old. Man, right. you gotta teach us some tips on that. Right. You're looking good for 53. Well, I know we're gonna dive into the celebrity and the, the, the superstar athlete stuff, but it, it's really my recovery, man. I'm coming up on 15 years sober in July. And uh, I think things are reversed. You know, it's so important to be not just physically fit. I tell people you have to have the mental and the spiritual component too. Right. And how to you know was it just alcohol? Life, you know. It was it was it was alcohol. Or? No, it was opiates. 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 Oh, wow. And uh, here I get sober, and my girlfriend wound up getting younger. She just turned twenty six. So what? I uh, yeah, literally uh, about a week ago, she was her twenty sixth birthday. My age. So <laughs> I uh, I thought I'd have known. You put fifteen years of recovery together, you can look like this, feel like this, and get a young, beautiful Amazing. girlfriend that uh, you know she's got an even a more beautiful heart. So That's yeah, I'm in a really. Good I know place. you guys have been dating uh, about two and a half years. Oh nice. How'd you meet? Yeah. Uh, out here. Oh, actually yeah? at a convention and okay. she lives in la i live oh. in uh i'm in brentwood she's in hollywood nice so she likes older men well, i think it, it's interesting <laughs> my girlfriend before that was i was i turned 15 she was 28. Okay. um but you sometimes hear about this it's almost like as you get older you kind of know more what you want mm-hmm. and we made all the mistakes mm-hmm. so women don't want to be playing the games either right, because right, right they're also getting jerked around too. Right, right. And sometimes they're not ready. So when you're in that fun, playful stage, I get it. It's I've been good. there. Mm. Right. But you get to a point, you want some more stability. Right. Um, right. And you want somebody that's got their life together. Um, yeah, it works. Yeah. So let's dive into the celebrity agent stuff and how you got started there. What was that first starting couple of years like for you? Like it must've been hard to get that first client. <laughs> Oddly enough, let me take you back to the beginning. It wasn't because I know we met when uh, at Dan Fleischman's uh, 100 million mastermind event when I had Magic Johnson and Dennis Rodman there. So right. I started a baseball card business long before you guys were born in 1984. The company blew up. I sold it when I was 19. Started doing autograph signings, mm. uh, bookings, private signings, appearances with none other than Muhammad Ali, who was the wow. first guy I started working with. Wow. And then Muhammad's agent brought me into the fold pushed me to get smoking Joe Frazier because I was an East Coast boy and Joe was an hour and a half away in Philly, built a rapport with him, eventually got to Magic in Los Angeles through his longtime player rep at the time and business associate, Lon Rosen, and uh, 
yeah, we were just off to the races, booking all these autograph signing events. And Chevy Chase came into my life through a mutual friend, and then Pamela Anderson, and then Dennis Rodman, mm. uh, right in the middle of the heyday of the Chicago Bulls run. And I transitioned out of the business, not by choice, but it turned out to be a blessing. I, I talk about it in my book, Aiming High. I was investigated by the FBI. Um, one of the merchandise products we were selling was Michael Jordan autographs. And apparently there was like some enormous fraud scheme going on that mm. these autographs were questioned about their legitimacy. And forensic document experts that worked for the FBI were actually authenticating it. Wow. After a couple of year investigation, I literally first time in my life wound up having a ton of financial issues. I offered refunds to customers to get my reputation intact. If the items looked so good, a lot of them didn't even take a refund. They were just like, wow. you know, so they had they had the Michael Jordan famous slam dunk Gatorade picture with the gorgeous autograph. You know, a lot of people took it, but it was one of those transitions in life uh, when you know you guys are young, understand that adversity really reveals your character because I was on a fly fishing trip with my dad. So were the autographs authentic or not? They, they weren't, they, were, they weren't, were not, no. Everything so the, else I had was authentic. Because so the cars were actually authentic, the autograph just wasn't? Uh, yeah, the, the merchandise itself, mm -hmm. but the autographs were not. But they were so good wow. that it was incredible. Even so even slipped past like, the FBI? The, the FBI literally. You didn't get into business to run payroll, did you? That's okay, I didn't either. Now there's Gusto. Gusto not only offers payroll, but also benefits, onboarding, and HR all in one place to more than 300,000 businesses. Maybe you want federal, state, and local payroll taxes to be filed automatically no matter where your employers work, or maybe you want to offer a 401k plan to help your employees save for retirement. Do you have compliance with regulations? Three out of four employers say Gusto makes it easier to be compliant with the government. With Gusto's simple, guided software and user-friendly interface, Payroll and HR are no longer exhausting, they are rewarding. Gusto was built for small businesses from the start. Gusto takes the pain out of payroll benefits and HR and puts the joy back into running your business. Gusto also integrates with your favorite tools, tools like QuickBooks, Xero, Google, and more. Want all this and more with no hidden fees? Try it out for three months for free at gusto.com social. That's gusto.com social. I literally got involved. It started. Wow. It started with a phone call, man. I tell you the craziest story. I'm I'm literally in New York City with Muhammad Ali and his wife Lonnie, and I get home about an hour later. It was on a Sunday night. I'll never forget it. And I get a call from an FBI agent in Chicago, offering me money to come out there and help this investigation because they know I'm an expert in the autograph industry. Wow. So I'm thinking, oh, this is. Right, I just left the goat in New York City. <laughs> I'm high on life. I'm this 25-year-old, you know, yeah. punk, arrogant kid from the suburbs. <laughs> I think I can't do anything wrong in life. And the next morning is when I knew things got a little weird because this associate called and asked if I had an attorney. Whoa. So I called my lawyer, who was local, and he goes, let me call them. Don't don't get involved. And they didn't get me on mail fraud. It was... Um, I was very loyal to the guy I built a rapport with. I actually thought he was legit, and he thought they were trying to get him on tax evasion. And I sort of gave a false statement mm. on a situation that happened with him and the merchandise, and my phone's tapped. Whoa. And it completely conflicted my story. So they, they couldn't get me on mail fraud because there was no proof. And obviously, I had all these incredible relationships. It was just young and dumb and probably... Mm 
should have been doing more due diligence rather than being so trusting. And uh, the incredible thing was Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, Rodman, Magic, and his guy, they all sent letters to the judge. Whoa. They all had your uh, back? Yeah, to get my back. Wow. So, but, it, but what happened was now transitioning to Prince Marketing Group, I'm on the balls of my ass for the first time financially in my mid 20s. Right. Um, and I'm on a fly fishing trip with my dad in Alaska. I took the last three grand to my name because uh, I wanted to just get out of here. And he, he looks at me on the boat and he goes, What's your next move? What do you want to do in life? Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to go back into the business. And I was like, Dad, you know what? These haters, I'm starting to learn. Like, when I'm on top and everybody wants something from me and they all wanted pictures and autographs and to meet these men and women, you know, everybody loves me. Now it's like I feel like I'm getting kicked when I'm down and I, I, I want to be an agent. Mm. I was like, I really think I could do it, but I don't have eight years to go to law school. He drops the fishing pole and he looks at me and goes, Law school? Why do you need to be a lawyer to be an agent? I'm like, I thought all agents are lawyers. He goes, Life is about who you know, not what you know. Mm-hmm. You realize the relationships you have right now? Yeah, he starts going down the list. And because you can go to Ollie's farm in Berrien Springs, Michigan, or Magic's house in Beverly Hills, or Chevy's in New Bedford, or mm-hmm. go see Pam and Tommy in um, you know, Malibu. And um, he goes, I would probably start with Magic. You know, he knows about making mistakes. He was three, four years removed from the whole HIV situation. And mm-hmm. he goes, he's, he's had your back. And um, so I was like, all right, about a month later, I was with them in Michigan. And we had a autograph signing appearance and he knew I was struggling financially and right. always concerned about it, trying to help me, you know, make some extra money and whatnot. I had to get rid of all my staff. It was, it's a really tough time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the only blessing was I wasn't married and I had no kids. So I remember mm-hmm. I could, you I okay. can get through this yeah, a lot easier because yeah, okay. I just got me to worry about, right, you know, right, and this will be right. a painful learning experience. And we're in a hotel suite in Michigan. He asked me to come to his room to go over the plan for that day. And it was almost like a godsend. Like, I, I love telling this story because I come in. He goes, come here, boy, sit down. Because what's happening? How you doing? How's mom? How's dad? How's your sister? And so he's got that billion-dollar smile. And <laughs> he goes, how you, know, how you doing? And it was almost like the same question my dad asked. Like, well, what are you going to do now? And I'm so nervous. My hands are clamming up. I'm like, I got to do it. I got to mm. do it. This is that one time in life if I don't go for it right now. And I said, I want to be an agent. I think I could do it. You know, I, I really think if I put myself out there with everybody I've built relationships with, he put his arm on my shoulder, he goes, boy, he goes, you know, you're a good dude. He goes, you made a mistake, and we all make mistakes. And uh, God tests great men and women, and he's testing you. Mm, because here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you two years to be my agent. But if you don't use me to knock down every door to bring in all the celebrities you can, I'm going to fire you before those two years are <laughs> up because life isn't about how successful I've become. I'm going to take it to a level they've never seen with athlete businessmen. It's how successful I make you and everybody else around me. And when you get there, you pay it forward to other people. Wow. I couldn't believe it. I'm, I'm sitting here, like I said, 25, 26, and he literally just more or less said, go out and exploit him. And... <laughs> You know, literally, it was, you know, the next day I got Chevy, I got Joe, it was Pam, it was Rodman. Um, eventually, within a couple of years, I got Evo Knievel and then Hulk Hogan and then wow. Ric Flair and Ed. Those are all your clients. So, yeah, so, and, and most are still to this day. And, wow. and it always starts with magic. It, it is, uh, he's the most selfless human being in the world. Like, it, it's literally at that point where 
He, he does not need me. He never needed Baron Prince. You know, my dad at my first and only wedding gave him a big hug because he was there with, with his wife, Cookie, and said, father to father, I got to thank you because you needed my That's son crazy. like a hole in the head. And he goes, no, man, he goes, we, he goes, we're, we're, you know, it's a very special relationship we have. And, yeah. you know, he lost his dad a couple of days ago. I left a message early in the morning because I know John's and family's hurting. Uh, right wow. now and he had a very special bond with his dad like I had with mine and uh, my dad passed away it was he literally called when he was in the hospital wow. uh, the next day called my mom he used to call, call my dad on his 80th birthday you know but I get that with all my people yeah. they're all like that Hulk Hogan you know we're on the phone for an hour yesterday you know Jerry West came over two days ago wow. supposed to be by for 30 minutes he left four hours later you know <laughs> Charlie Sheen uh, Chevy Chase is coming in town in a few weeks and mm. it's no business we're gonna go to a laker game we're gonna go to, go to dinner yeah, we're, 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 we're family carmen Electra's dad passed away uh about two three weeks ago and you know we're texting and you know th- you know thanks babe i love you i appreciate you denise richards we laugh for both aquariuses you know mm. um that there's a love and a bond i'm an aquarius special there you go April, february 6th yeah february 14th okay so nice. oh valentine's day yeah. <laughs> I'm a Pisces. Good for Pisces? So it's my girl. Okay. On February 23rd. Nice. So, um, yeah, it's nice that we're able to, you know, have that with one another. So you know what, what makes these celebrities um, open themselves up so much to you? Because there's not many people they feel that way, like, about. So I, I, I just think it's the trust. I mean, I was out here. Last last trip I was out here was February, a couple of days after Valentine's Day, 16th. I We booked Tom Brady for Grand Cardone. Wow, that was and, you. Uh, so now we have a relationship <laughs> with Tom Brady. And we, we were the ones that bu- wow. we bucked him for 10x. And when he saw that all over, I was wondering who did that. We, we <laughs> did it, and, and, and interesting enough, you know, he was supposed to do it the year before, and then pulled out. There were some issues with some talent, and um, he gets out of the SCV, and we're literally just chatting as agent Steven to sweetheart. They've been together forever. My boy Adam that helped assisted, and you know Steven. You know, I just prepped him all about me. One of the first thing Tom said, he goes, how's magic, man? He goes, I love it. He goes, please send my best. Love wow. that guy. So it always comes back. And, you know, Larry Bird, I've been working with Larry for many years. So wow. um, it's just the conversation, the love and the admiration. And him and Ric Flair spent some time to go out That's Michigan because Jim Harbaugh is a mutual friend for, for, for both of them. It's about four or five years. He asked about Rick and Hulk. So I think just when that happens, I'm not a name dropper. I'm not sitting here to drop names to impress nobody. I don't need to do that. This is my life. You know, right. I, I get text messages, phone right. calls all throughout the day. These are legends. That, you know, I just happen to be blessed to be part of a world where, you know, some of the most iconic figures of all time, I, I, I call them friends and family. And But is it is it hard being in that position, you know, dealing with that many people, different problems, and then, also your your own like how do you have a like how, how do you balance all the relationships well i got a great team yeah i got a great team my boy uh chris Vovolo just moved down to tampa literally two days ago and hulk and rick are down there kevin harrington the shark tank judge is a business partner nice. so you know he's in this little 15 20 mile radius he, he has such a a great um you know situation and my boy steve simon who's 
we go back since I was 10 years old. We went to high school together and we did our first baseball card show together mm-hmm. in 1984. He's the vice president of my agency. I've got my girls in my office. Uh, they're dealmakers slash assistants. Um, I've got you know, a handful of other people, probably two, three, Matt, Mercedes. I'm trying to think my boy, Frankie. Everybody kind of knows where to pick up the slack. Mm-hmm. But there are days where I will need to move myself away from PMG because yeah. ultimately recovery comes first. Right. I've been given a gift. And, you know, when I was on my knees after multiple overdoses on July 2nd, 2008, I screamed out to God, take the money, take the note, or I take the business. If you give me a single day of freedom to take me out of hell, spend one day at a time taking others out with me. Uh, you want to talk about ego crushing. I had that white light moment. And I heard a voice, I've got you and you're ready. And for the better part of 15 years, I don't care what it is. If somebody DMs me, I've got my own foundation. I work for um, Banyan Treatment Centers or 16 properties, 1,800 employees around the country. Nothing's coming for be giving before giving somebody the potential to have a brand new life. Wow. And my clients even understand that. Nothing. It's crazy. Nothing. Cause... So who helps you with your mental battles and the things that you go through like who's your go-to person or your go-to guy or therapist or like it's a great question i mean i have a lot of spiritual brothers and sisters i was with jay shetty last night he's my boy um i just posted on instagram i was with lewis howells and i go way back and you know we're hugging each other we haven't seen each other in such a long time um i've also got my own network of spiritual brothers and sisters and you know we call it like a sponsor but my boy steve's like Mm -hmm. my big brother uh, a lot of very well-known recovery advocates, Brendan Novak from Jackass. You know, it, it's good to have some that, you know, have a, a, a level of recognition and fame, too, because it's kind of the world that I mean, because it's, it's not easy when you think about it sometimes. Like, I, I think it's a common question. How did you get back into the agent yeah. business? How yeah. do you go events? How do you network? How do you eventually put one front of, front of the other? We all have our own level of trauma and issues that, of course, character defects as we get older mm-hmm. um you address them you're accountable don't point the fingers at nobody but the but do person you, you're looking do you at actually recommend um therapy like actually seeing a therapist or do you feel like it's easier for certain people to actually use their friends in their core like there's uh their real friends ask their therapy sessions like how are you like brutally honest with you know what you're going through to your people or they're like you know like are you selective about who you tell what when it comes to like, No. Are you just kind of like, I know what you mean. I I think, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, a lot of people, you know, are just can't believe my transparency and my vulnerability. I, I know like no other way. Transparency is good, though. I don't care. I, I, I can walk into at the biggest Fortune 500 office mm-hmm. in the world. We were working on a big project for Magic with Johnson & Johnson a few years ago during the pandemic. And I remember... This woman was talking about some struggle she was having, and bam, I just get it out there because there's never a time where I've ever not opened up where somebody doesn't know someone else that could benefit from my story right. and my struggle. And that's what not only keeps me sober, with all due respect, I mean, you could see all the pictures with Ollie and Fridge and everybody in my book. That's not what made me me. That's not what gave me self-worth. That's not what gave me self-esteem. Everything right. today is about the cars and the jewelry and everyone wants the houses and the posting and the filters. Mm. I didn't grow up in that ever, mm. you know, and, and that, that, that was never me. I just, I grew up having um, a learning disability. I was verbally teased. I was told I was an idiot, all those names. So mm. that's where that addiction kind of played in where right. eventually I was able to numb 
at the same time, my business started blowing up. So I needed that validation for myself, Mm. not just people telling me, but I need to feel it. And that's where the substances came in. But truthfully, I tell people all the time, my self-esteem now comes from doing esteemable acts, being there for people that are sick and suffering, being there for people that are struggling with mental health, not just substance abuse to say, doesn't discriminate. Don't matter if you've been, you know, to Yale or jail or Park Avenue or Park Bench. Mm. Everybody's up for grabs and it's tough out there for a lot of people. What made you want to um, like write a book? What what was the thought process behind it? Like when you, did you wake up and was like, I'm gonna write a book, or like what was the feeling behind it? Like what? So I, I I really never had a plan for my dad when he was alive. He passed in February of 2017. He always wanted me to write one about Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. And he wanted you to write a book about Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. Well, the the in, the intro to the book um, was this moment right here, one of the most historic moments of my life. And the oh, war- that's the younger you. Yeah, that was the younger you. Wow, so, it looks totally different. So. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so me and my good friend Harlan, wow. we finally were able to get Ali and Frazier together right, right. to make peace. You know, the greatest rivalry in sports, everybody knew. So wait, Ali and Frazier were like really beefing, like they hated each other? No, oh, it's no like joke. Like bad? Bad. Like, like on site. Yeah, it was for always, real? It was yeah. always that way in real life. Yep. So even if they seen each other at the grocery store, they, they would have to separate them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was bad. For yeah. real? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was a roast one time. I remember Larry Holmes had to step in and yeah, I think they had to sit on the other side of the dais and... So, you know, here I am at this moment, and my dad always wanted me to write about the whole Ollie Frazier experience, having dinner with them the night before the NBA All-Star game in 2002 in Ollie's suite. But I was like, I, I don't want to write about the agent life. That's not, not who I am at that point. It was, you know, eight and a half years sober. But when he passed, all these crazy, weird spiritual awakenings started happening. I was thinking how lucky I was that my dad had a sober son back for eight and a half years. And I got to go through all that feeling so comfortable during what should have been the most uncomfortable time of my life and never thinking about picking up a drink, nothing, knowing that, you know, these are the moments that take my spirituality to another level where I need to suit up and show up for life. And I got a call from uh, New Jersey's largest alcohol rehab center. They wanted to honor me. I studied with a speech coach for six months, did the speech the next day. Dr. Oz, his producer, calls the rehab. They said, we saw this guy, Darren Prince, on Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. I'm in New York City the next day wow. on his show with Dr. Oz. Crazy. Two days later, Rona Graff from Donald Trump's office, who I had a relationship what? with from Celebrity Apprentice Calls, and says, I'm so blown away by what I saw on Facebook Live in your speech. Uh, network the president crazy. the president would like you to be in the White House next yeah. week. He's signing a eight billion dollar opiate epidemic bill to to help, you know, fight wasn't there a big lawsuit that, that happened? Well yeah, against the big pharmaceutical yeah, yeah, companies. Yeah, it was a, yeah. a lawsuit that came to they're like yeah. addictive, right? They so all three of those yeah. things happen and I'm on Instagram, maybe about a week after the White House, because I'm posting stuff about mm-hmm. being there and being honored to be a part of it and this publisher in LA and she happened to be in recovery. So I, I call these things GMCs because everybody has them. God managed coincidences. And we're sitting in an office just like this. And she's like, I was in LA, I went to see her and she goes, you're really passionate about your story. She goes, and you're just so authentic. You ever think about writing a book? Mm. And I told her, I was like, yeah, my dad wants me. She goes, look, I have a publishing company. You gotta look at it this way. If you could take people to be a fly on the wall journey of this so-called super agent life, but what it was like to go deep and come out of the other side, 
This book will be your legacy. You will change and save lives around the world more than anything you've ever done in your life. And mm. that was it. And me man. and my writer, Kristen McGinnis, uh, Can't wait sat to down read this. and Anna came up with the name. I mean, the yeah, book's already you know, four and a half years old. I have another one coming out, yeah. but it, it's just yeah. so pressing. I think after the pandemic, it, it, it really hit home for a lot of people. And yeah. a lot are suffering and struggling with mental health and substance abuse. You know, what would, so, uh, what would you tell someone dealing with whether it's alcohol abuse, opioid abuse, antidepressant, substance? What advice I, would you I, I, I just think it's about, you know, being transparent and asking for help. But asking for the help is where the strength comes in. You know, it's um, just, there's got to be somebody in your life. There has to be. And I've had some incredible moments, too, where people contact me on Instagram yeah. and say, hey, I saw your Jay interview or I saw you on Jordan Harbinger or, you know, this show or extra. And... Uh, First thing I do, I drop everything. I don't care if I have interviews set up that day. My office knows. I'm like, that's my, you know, I feel like I'm an ambassador for God now, mm. you know, because there's so many out there and I need to be a voice and I need to show people that you can be comfortable um, and, 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 and talk about your deepest, darkest times in life because wow. when you come out of the other side, I feel it's an obligation that you owe to society to help so many other sick and suffering, you know? Yeah, so I had agoraphobia at one point, and the reason was it started off as depression, but I was too scared to admit that to other people, and it just turned into agoraphobia. So I couldn't even leave my house. Wow, it was called it's called agor agoraphobia. agoraphobia. If I stepped out of my house, I would have a panic attack and collapse on the wow. sidewalk. Like it was really bad. Crazy. So I had to just start opening up to people, and once I started doing that, everything got so much better. Yeah. Once I started admitting people for you. what was going on for you that's not easy a lot of people would have hibernated in their house and just stayed there and then that's i thought that was i thought that, that was a your life you know yeah it was that bad there's people that are like that for years mine was about four or five months they don't snap out of it at all even for four years. or five months is a long time long like time that. man yeah that's it was bad. living that way you know but you know i was isolating too you know when I, I was playing a double life people didn't realize they look on the outside and they all thought i had to you know, greatest life in the world, and right because they see the photos of you. All I wanted to do. Was so wait, so how do you wow. how do you actually get addicted to opioids? It's like it was it a party, or is it like a pain medicine? Well, like I, I needed for it for I, I needed it for physical pain, uh, more like sciatica um, oh, from working out and traveling. But 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 the reality is, there's other things I could have taken. I also knew that opiates were my favorite, and mm. um, after I got past the whole. Before I was an agent, all the illegal once I became an agent, I knew I had a, all these morality clauses. I had to be super careful, so I didn't go. I never went near illegal drugs, but right. it was so easy when these doctors saw who I worked for. I mean, there was times I'd bring smoking Joe Frazier with him into my doctor's office in New York City. <laughs> I'd, get a I'd get Hulk Hogan on the phone to say what's up to the do you know, one of my doctors. And, <laughs> and they just give and you this guy don't have no problem. <laughs> yeah. you know? So I'd get all the Percocets, Vicodins, and Oxycontins. I needed, right. you know, for years it works. You know, it did work. And I'm, I'm very careful when I go to high schools. So I've done hundreds of keynotes that to, because I don't want these kids getting the wrong idea. But at, at some point, it was once living to use turned out to using to live and mm. my superpowers were gone were you living to use but now using to live that what you it was you said living to use uh, but now living yeah to i was use. living to use and eventually turned out to using to live so you completely needed flipped yeah so i was that guy that walk into a room i remember the mantra in 1990 
seven in LA. I see Kobe Bryant. I did a little project with them six months before me. Rest in peace and all those families. I mean, just yeah, terrible. Was terrible. And um, my boy Dave's with me, and he's just laughing. And I said, "What?" I turn around. He goes, "You're like a machine, but in such a non-offensive way." I see him. He's <laughs> on the phone. He, you know, puts, he tells one of his boys, "Hey, yo, I gotta, I gotta call you back." He goes, "One of my boys is here. He gives me the hug, and we're just shooting the shit." So it gave me superpowers for probably five or six years because here I'm still this broken, insecure, uncomfortable, learning disabled uh, kid that was never going to go anywhere in life, surrounded by the biggest stars in the world. So I'm more or less just trying to survive this fake it till you make it. But like Jay Shetty said to me when I was on the podcast, it's funny because you actually made it mm-hmm. and you're looking backwards right? because that's where the unhealed from so i want everybody to say look at me and look at you mm. i'm the dumb one right i wasn't gonna go nowhere right. you know look at me now mm-hmm. ringside at every tyson fight and on the sidelines mm. at the super bowls and walk in the vma red carpet and mm. all these things you know, look at me like you but where did that get me you know where did yeah. that get me? i think we all suffer from that though because i'm i can honestly say that i'm a walking testament of that i think um we all kind of deal with those certain insecurities or those kind of words we remember and it's like you know you want to show those people like i'm here right and you're there but i think that's in all of us you know in in a it's way probably right? a, well, i don't even know if it's as much of an insecurity sometimes it could be like a competitive type of well yeah i think it's a, I just, it's a little bit of both the reason why it's the insecurity is because you you're doing you're doing that obviously you're sitting here for security it makes you feel like you're somebody in there no right. nobody so yeah. that's where the insecurity yeah. comes in the mm-hmm. ego aspect it's a fine but, but, line but here, here's the thing if you get there mm-hmm. then i don't have as much of an issue with it right. because if you're faking that you're there mm-hmm. that's where there's <laughs> with the too issue, many issues, issues. that's, that's issue, where there's yeah. too many issues yeah, and we, yeah, yeah, we know yeah. a lot of freaking yeah. people <laughs> yeah. on social media uh, that that, that that you want them to think they got the greatest life like yeah, yeah, yeah. i got to a point where um it was funny because but is the fake it till you make it concept belief that's kind of needed in all of us right because it's an it imagination worked, it, it worked for me but most right. people go too extreme i think with I okay think it, so no, that that's a, if, if you go to the extreme now you can coast along is extreme the staying game. there too long is extreme staying in the imagination aspect of it too long well if you don't have a plan to execute like yeah, if, if it, it's along the way if you're looking at a three four five year period and faking it till you make it but you're evolving you're, right. you're you're making more connections there's real growth that has to happen right. if you're stagnant and all it is is that dopamine hit <laughs> for your ego yeah, or your yeah. insecurity no, no, you gotta agree. You gotta call yourself out on your own. Sorry, accountability. You know, you gotta you can't be up. doing that. You're not gonna get nowhere. Accountability. I, mean, I, I fortunately didn't have to do that. I, I probably say my more fake it till you make it came from the addiction. <laughs> you know, I was like, how the am I gonna get out of this? Like, right. I was trying to show everybody that I was calm, cool, collected. So you were you know? hiding the addiction. Yeah, okay. yeah. How did, did you break it though? Oh, it, 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 it wasn't even break it. It was literally, I was at my wit's end and I kind of shared about it earlier. My uncle, who may he rest in peace and his then girlfriend visiting, uh, visited my mom in New Jersey. And I'm like, I, I literally had an overdose out here at the 2007 uh, NBA All-Star game in February. Uh, at the game? Rod, Rodman, Rodman, me and my boy Steve, we 
we were celebrating a TV show deal that we did with Mark Cuban, uh, Geeked Freak for his HD net. And I had a horrible case of bronchitis. And uh, one of my favorite things was Tussie and X cough syrup, which was a heavy opiate-based uh, mm. cough syrup. Uh, tasted like pineapple juice. And so I called the doctor to the room. Gives me a prescription for that, about 100 Vicodin, some antibiotic. I go to one of the world grooms, and I'm driving back uh, in a taxi. There was no Uber back then. And I called my then wife. I was married. I said, order me three, four baka red bull and cranberries. I'm getting ready to go out. And, um, you know, I chopped up four or five Vicodin, snorted them, half the ball of Tustinex, two, three baka red bull and cranberries. <laughs> and, uh, That's for one person. Yeah, just for my. And that was just for you to go out to the club. <laughs> just to, just to have a good time. Yeah, that was just to get ready to go out. But now, is it a high feeling or is it just like a mellow you out? Like, what feel? Is it like a. At, 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 at that, that point, it was balancing me out. I needed to get at its self. So you were, was. it wasn't like, like, oh, I'm high on life or anything. It was no, just like, I, I'm I, here, I'm present. Yeah, no, I was present. Exactly. Whoa. And I wasn't feeling good to begin with. So I just got to like shock my system. And right. normally I could handle something like that. But I think, I don't know what it was, but within a matter of the five minutes, man, I'm, I'm on the ground. Wow. My hands are sweating. Jeez. Um, I'm freezing. I've got the chills. I feel like I'm foaming out of the mouth. My wife goes crazy, calls 911. The paramedics come up to the room, and I'm literally like, my God, don't take me. I don't know what the hell I did. I'll never do this again. And the paramedics came into the room, a needle in my arm, oxygen mask on my face, EKG machine everywhere. And um, I never made it out that night, clearly. And you know, at, this at is the definition of insanity. So I wake up about 3 in the morning. Steve took Dennis to wherever they had to go. And I look in the mirror, and I look at myself, man, bags under my eyes, I'm bloodshot, I'm just really pale white and bloated, a lot heavier than I was now, and I'm like, you sick bastard, man, who who does this? Like, you're out here for NBA All-Star Weekend, like, you have so much going on, and literally with that, I chopped up two or three more Vicodins, I snorted them, what? and I took the other half bottle of Tustin X cough syrup, and I drank it. And I went back into the bed. What? And they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And, you know, so I went to an addiction psychiatrist three days later when I got back to New Jersey. That's where I was living at the time. So wait, what happened that day? Like, were you just fine? Did you get yeah, because you? I'll tell you what happened. My sick, diseased, addict brain said it was the vodka, Red Bull, and Cranberry that did it. Mm. That's what it was. Because I always would do Tussie and X and Vicodin. So you it's the fact that I mixed you... it with the Red Bull bug. So so the day before, right, that happened. But then you went in the bathroom the next day, and then you took that, you chopped up, and you just laid down, and you you laid down, I laid down, and I was just perfect. did my normal floating and relaxing, and eventually passed right out and went to bed. Uh-huh. You know, so uh, again, you know, we're we're just very deranged people, and 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 I thought it was the vodka, red bull, and cranberry. That's what put me over the edge, and quite possibly did because of the red bull and the alcohol combination, but. I wound up getting home that week, started with an addiction psychiatrist. He put me on Suboxone, which is an opiate blocker. I'm also taking, um, I'm on an antidepressant, anxiety pills, a mood stabilizer. Still probably drinking a couple of days a week. I'm taking Ambien at night. And I lived that way for about eight, nine months. I was just a shell of myself. And then Isn't it that, weird that they treat addiction with more, like, more well, Looking pills. back at it, well, well now, let, let me rephrase that. He didn't know about all the other stuff. He oh, gave me Suboxone. Okay. So I'm lying to my psychiatrist on oh, top of it. Damn. You know, well, he I'm, couldn't even help you the right way. He's helping me with the opiate part by giving me Suboxone. I'm just not telling him 
that I'm taking Ambien at night. I'm mm. still taking Xanax for my nerves. I'm on a mood stabilizer, drinking a few days a week. All the other things you're not supposed to be doing because I was just miserable. Right. And that's when my uncle and um, his then girlfriend came to my parent, my, my mom's place just to see them. And they paid me a surprise visit. And I was just done. I was spent. I, I, my ego is too big to do the rehab because the agency was too big. Mm. And this woman, Andrea, I never met her before, looked at me and she's like, are you okay? And I opened up to her. First person, you just talked about vulnerability. I was never this way. That was the first time I told her everything that was going on. And she's like, do you realize you're an addict? Your life's unmanageable. And I said, yeah. And she goes, do you realize that, you know, you're powerless and you have a disease? And I mm -hmm. said, yeah. And she's like, do you realize that it doesn't discriminate as well? And that's what broke my soul and made me start to cry. And she goes, I can help you. And it was about 24 hours later on that detox where I had that God moment where um, I ran into the bathroom. I told them I couldn't do it. Um, I was looking for anxiety meds and out came three Vicodins. And um, it was such a relief. I was like, exactly what I needed because all the opiates were gone in the house at that point. We thought, except these last three. And I guess I wanted a, I had to keep the desperation, man, because I fell on my knees and called out to God. And 30 minutes after that moment happened, I'm in a taxi on a beautiful night in New York City, July 2nd, 2008. I walk into a church basement with 150 200 addicts and alcoholics who were all once of a hopeless state of mind. And uh, I put my hands up and they said, is anybody new coming back or sick and suffering? And the so-called super agent was a big time fraud because I couldn't stay sober for one or two hours at a time. Wow. And these spiritual brothers and sisters changed my life one day at a time. Wow. And poured love into me when I never knew how to love myself. They taught me about the five A's, attitude adjustment, accountability, action, and acceptance. And little by little, I started doing the work on myself and became whole. And then the real gift came and I got to start helping other people. Nice. You have an incredible story, man. We could talk for hours. Yeah. Uh, for real. I really do think this episode will, will impact some lives. Absolutely. And I'm really excited to see. That's why we're here. See people talk That's about it. that. I mean, you motivate, inspire, impact lives. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I think you, know, you guys are blessed and gifted to have this platform that you have and get the guests that you have and have the voices that you have. And um, I get it. Entrepreneurship's important. But where you know, can I get your book? Uh, and anybody can get it on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles. I mean, it's been out forever. And if you have any viewers that are watching, I know it's tough out there for people. Just message me at agent underscore DP um, on Instagram. We send them out for free. Wow. And, wow. Uh, you know, shout out, like I said, Banning Treatment Center. They've always supported me. And my guys at Bridge Therapeutics. I'm also on the uh, commercial body sure report. Instagram. We have an amazing product out there that's going to eventually get to market and help opiate addicts transition into the life that they deserve. And, wow. you know, here I am as an agent and these opportunities are now coming to me. Right. So I tell a lot of people like the agent life is a byproduct to eventually be a voice mm -hmm. to get, you know, messages and products and whatever is out there to help people get the life that they deserve. The greatest feeling in the world. Right. It's got nothing to do with money. You know, this man. is like, I could lose the agency tomorrow. You guys would still have Darren Prince in here. We'd sit back and I'd be like, man, I've been blessed for 30 years. I got so many stories for you guys. <laughs> you have no idea. I love your I'd mindset, st man. I'd still figure life out, you know? Darren, it's been a pleasure. It really has. Where can they find you in? Um, at agent underscore DP on Instagram. Um, my Facebook is Darren Prince. I think it's Brentwood, uh, California. And then 
the agency website is www.princemarketinggroup.com. And Perfect. one more shout out if anybody, uh, you got the resources, myaiminghighfoundation.org, 100% of the proceeds goes to scholarship people that can't afford treatment for mental health and substance abuse. Nice. Amazing. Wayne? Uh, my Instagram is at the creator, spelled T H E C R 3 8 T O R. Sean Kelly, thanks for tuning in this week on the Digital Social Hour. That was a great episode. See you guys next week. Peace. Sick. <laughs>